Oh, everybody, welcome to the Robin Williams Impersonation <laughs> Hour. Oh, oh, oh. oh, oh, oh hey. We wanted to start <laughs> off with a famous quote from Flubber. Guess what? There isn't any. Nope, not at all. Oh, oh look at this. It's Flubber. Fucking <laughs> turning into the guy from SNL. You are! Comic musical <laughs> guest, Flubber! Oh, Fred Armisen. Oh. <laughs> oh, and your host, Shooter McGavin! <laughs> it's fun fiction! Yay! Yay. He said the Go. thing! So welcome to Fun Fiction, the show where two idiots ruin that thing you like, and I'm a legendary comedian that loves searching for apples. That's right, I'm Bobbin Williams, Scotty Moore. <laughs> I'm as disappointed with you as the the person playing fucking Robin Williams' wife is disappointed him in this movie, I'm Megan Danger. <laughs> You looked like you might have vomited in your mouth a little bit, which made me very happy that it was that bad of a joke. It was pretty horrible. Boy, I definitely remembered Flubber being better, right? Like, I mean, so, and we're going to get into this more. There were two things that I remembered from Flubber, yeah. as, and I have not seen it since I was a small child, uh, and that was... Funny green goo, mm-hmm. like like Rob Robin Williams yell with funny green goo, and the second thing was that robot want the other the little robot that wanted to be a lady so she could fuck Robin Williams. Yeah, that one. I never forgot that because even as a child I'm like that that's not right. <laughs> there's something. There's something bad about that. See, all I know of it is, of course, Flubber do cool dance. And also, I know that there are a shit ton of references to it in Journey to Imagination with Figment. That's it. Oh, uh, the robot what wants to fuck Robin Williams is in the queue line for Figment now. Just staring you down, analyzing. Just, be, <laughs> just looking at you being like... Hi, I'm voiced by the Little Mermaid. You wanna look at these wires? Aren't they neat? <laughs> God, I wish I could use them to fuck Robin Williams. <laughs> oh. Um, <laughs> should we? Fuck. Should we just get into the plot of this fucking film? There's, there's so much. We have to. Also, I felt real dumb. I didn't realize this was a remake yeah. of. An entire, like, flubber cinematic universe of films. Yeah, the uh, absent-minded professor was the original one, which they kind of play with in this one, of Robin being absent-minded. Uh, however... That's generous. <laughs> Wikipedia says his preoccupation with his research distracts him from his fiance. No, 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 Wikipedia. This is the first one I'm gonna have to stop you on. <laughs> Wikipedia, he has a problem. To <laughs> a point where I thought it was going to be a genuine plot development that he had something wrong with his brain. And it wouldn't it wouldn't stick out if they they just suddenly were like, yes, actually, um, he's got like early onset dementia. And I'd be like, oh, that's so tragic. But yeah. In fact, uh, RJ, we were watching it together. 
this is kind of a weird deep pull, but there's this movie that we saw like I don't know how many years ago uh, with um, Julianne Moore where she gets like early onset uh, dementia yeah. and it is like a heartbreaking movie. It's called Still Alice and the scene in the beginning where he's sitting with his fiance and the lady that like he works with and he forgets her name like five times in the succession, RJ leans over to me and goes, so is this like still flubber <laughs> I was gonna say at what point in that film does she discover flubber and it changes the course of reality uh, so this is a film about Philip Brainerd he is at Medfield College even Wikipedia refers to him as a mad scientist who is developing a new energy source in an attempt to raise enough money to save the college from closure. Also, I don't think that's how colleges work. I'm almost positive it's not. It's not an <laughs> orphanage and Robin Williams is in a breakdance contest. <laughs> Which would have been an objectively much better movie. Oh, absolutely. Honestly, like the whole plot point of we've got to save the college never hits i know they no. mentioned it a few times but every time i'm like no i i don't care i do not care about this it has no bearing on anything so robin has missed two eventually three <laughs> of his own weddings are we just gonna call him robin williams the oh yeah a hundred percent I was shocked I got far, like, I wrote my whole fan fiction never calling him Robin Williams once, and I was very impressed with myself. Oh, I forgot that his fiance was also the president of the college, which has to be weird, right? Like, there's a... It's, like, kind of your boss? Yeah, there's a power differential there. To a point where I... She could fire him for missing three weddings. <laughs> Honestly, she'd be within her rights. Uh, on the day of the third attempted wedding. Bra How? Who? Who <laughs> would do that? Like, you fucking skipped out on our wedding day. Our wedding day. Wedding. Twice. Oh, holy shit. Uh, <laughs> Leave me at the altar once. Shame on you. Leave me at the altar twice. Shame on me. But you know what? We're going to give this a fucking third try. <laughs> Just one more shot and we're going to see if we can do it. Oh, also the beginning of the film is straight up like Pee Wee's Playhouse, but worse. Because he has a breakfast machine, but none of it's fun. It's all basic shit. Uh, and he's just like, oh man, I know, oh, I know I gotta do something today. Oh, oh what's, what's going on? Something important's happening in my life. Uh, and then Weebo he just, he sucks. Weebo, the robot that wants to fuck Robin Williams, who at this point in the film I will refer to as a little robo bitch, looks at Robin <laughs> and is like, I don't know what it is. And then when he looks away, teasingly puts up that there's a wedding. And then when he looks, yeah, that that fucked me up. That it's like, oh, I'm gonna flash it on the screen real quick. Oh, you're looking. I'm gonna take it away. It's like, what the fuck? But I, I just, I need, I need, I know we just started, but I have to stop us in our fucking tracks because we need to talk about the fact that this, this goofy, affable, absent-minded professor built a fully autonomous flying Roomba yeah. that not only has the capacity to want to fuck, but it feels like, it feels jealousy. Jealousy? Regret? <laughs> Numerous emotions go through we more emotions go through Weebo's mind than Robin Williams in this film. 
This is true. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's, he's pretty bad about creating sentient life, which you know should be probably a bigger deal. <laughs> Didn't think. Like, hey, you want to save the college? Why don't you show them this this robot that is essentially a, a human in in thought capacity? Also. She's like leader of the bunch because like later it shows after spoiler alert we both get stone cold bodied. <laughs> <laughs> we both gets fucking murked. And you know what? I have vague recollections of be of a little as a little kid being kind of sad about it cuz they play very sad music and Robin Williams cries. Uh but as an adult I was like yeah, good. <laughs> I was a little bit sad. I was because like this was after we Weebo's return to being a good human robot. Uh, but no, she's like in charge of all of the robots around Robin Williams's house, meaning she just pimps around like make those eggs, sweep that up, go do a mambo, do do mambo, <laughs> shitty little green thing. All right. On the day of the third attempted wedding, Brainerd is approached by his former partner, Wilson Croft. Scooter oh. McGavin! Or shoot, Scooter, Jesus. Shooter McGavin. Shooter, baby. Shooter McGavin. Uh, who has profited from ideas that he has stolen from Robin Williams and now desires to also steal his wife and make her his an attention that he declares directly to Robin Williams. Who assumes Hell, those are those are his first lines. Like his opening lines are just like, hey, how's it going? You know, I'm a I'm, I'm kind of a bastard. Like, I don't remember what he says exactly. Like, he says something like, I'm crooked. Like, I'm, I'm just a real shit heel. Uh, I stole all your work. I've profited from it because you are absent-minded and you suck it. Also, I'm here to fuck your fiance. No, like, you're, you're saying it too normal. I don't know who wrote these lines for this one specific scene, but it was like a Shakespearean monologue coming out of his mouth. He was like, greetings, Professor Brainerd. Allow me to look upon your recent research and see what I can steal for profit. It's very Iago. I'm the villain, in case you couldn't tell. <laughs> I am Batman, Shooter McGavin. I'm Shooter McGavin, and I'm here to fuck your fiance. And Robin Williams is just like, yeah, sure, fuck it. Oh, I'm accidentally in an art class. Oh, and then someone just randomly is like, oh, by the way, you're getting married today. Which, how chill is this wedding? That he could just not be there at all for the whole day. <laughs> He's just going to school like normal, and yeah, at lunch, they're so like, oh yeah, so you excited about how you're getting married, like, in four hours? And she's the, like, leader of the whole school. She can take a day off and easily give him a day off as well. No, let's make this as hard as we possibly can on this poor man that can't remember anything. Also, they don't live together. Is that was that weird to you? Because that stuck out to me. That is fucking weird, huh? Wow. Okay. So, yeah, because like this film already had a lot to break down. So I think like you don't need to, <laughs> don't add that on top of this pile. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just thinking. 
thinking about it because it's like it's not even like you know she can't remind him in the morning or something because they don't fucking live together nothing (laughs) about these two characters screams that they have any type of relationship let alone romantic pretty much the uh hey because because film about science the chemistry isn't (laughs) fucking there at all oh oh before that's all we we can do before he, he does a lot of that before he can make it to the wedding his latest experiment shows quick progress forcing him to miss the date the resulting substance is fucking flubber wikipedia is trying to be like it's sentient green goo with enormous amounts of elasticity and kinetic energy it's flubber we know what flubber is don't be coy wikipedia i'll be honest i know more about flubber than i think this film does because for me i'm like okay yeah it's just an infinitely increasing energy source and then the film's like oh but also it can make a car fly into space okay okay and what else oh give these nerds amazing basketball abilities nerds can now play basketball and also we could like give clancy brown a brain hemorrhage but i'm getting ahead of myself god clancy do you know what his name is those two like henchmen are called uh, only because I I was looking at IMDb afterwards, it did not occur to me when I was actually watching it that their names are Smith and Wesson. Fucking sucks. <laughs> sucks so much. It sucks the most. Uh, so Flubber fucks up everything. Flubber destroys a whole city block, levels it to the earth, and then Robin is like, uh, uh, I know how to catch it with a fucking catcher's mitt. Robin, this has pierced through concrete. This shattered so many windows. (laughs) It's going to tear through your... I mean, well, we know what it tears through later. What if... What if it just killed Robin Williams and that was the end of the film? Just goes straight through the heart. Over. It's done. That's what I thought about when he turns the car off in midair. It's like, what if he just died? (laughs) And then a Will Smith flubber rap plays over credits. Uh, Brainerd continues to work on flubber, looking to stabilize its movement. Brainerd incorrectly set watch goes off at 6.30, but you can't have a watch that's incorrectly set. With your memory, you gotta make sure you nail that first time, my bud. It's true. It's true. Uh, so the, the flubber... Sucks. Like, it's it sucks. It... it, uh, it it it's alive what? it's not just like a sub well sometimes it's a substance but like the main source of the flubber it's 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 living it is objectively sentient it is a beast and robin is its beast master um yeah no i remember flubber being a lot less troubling to look at as a child but god it is so transparent and so uncomfortably realistic and i hate it it's got like little carbonated bubbles in it. It fucking oh, it sucks. sucks so much. <laughs> uh, we so so Scotty, are are you saying that uh, this uh, amorphous, shape shifting, very sentient creature, possibly the closest thing the world might ever get 
to the Pokemon Ditto. I need you to not. I need you to not. <laughs> Wasn't doing it for you. This huh? isn't my brand. This isn't who I am as a human. I think it might be your brand at this point. I'm, but look, our, our listeners are gonna want to know. Do you flubber <laughs> smash your pass? <laughs> Fuck, Mary, kill. Weebo, Flubber, Robin Williams. <laughs> well, I'm not fucking Mary and Robin Williams, that's for sure. I'm a Mary. I think I'm a Mary Weebo, and then I think the Flubber is going to die, and then I'm going <laughs> to... I guess I got to fuck Robin Williams. That's my last option here, because I have to kill the Flubber. And Do you think... Do you think, like... The, the college professor or the college president we can, we don't know anyone's fucking name in this movie Sarah Sarah her name is Sarah like she and professor Robin Williams had to have had sex right they don't live together Does, do you think he knows what sex is I think he knows what sex is but it is also uncomfortable to me spoiler alert that there's more evidence that he fucked the robot than fucked her <laughs> I think the robot knows more about sex than he does. <laughs> uh, Brainerd goes to Sarah's office and unsuccessfully attempts to explain the situation, which goes something like, oh, I made goo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. she's. Oh, yeah, we do see her get left at the altar and cry and have to put her wedding dress away. Oh, it sucks. And then, of course, Shooter <laughs> McGavin's there just like, uh, let me take you out and give you the romance you need before turning back and winking at the camera like it's the end of the thriller music video. Seriously. Also, your voice there, I don't, it like started as Tim Curry and then it drifted real quick to like Matt Berry from What We Do in the Shadows. <laughs> you would be my lady wife. Fuck, what's the quote from. Garth Marenghi's dark place. Oh, you and he shit. were buddies, weren't you? <laughs> Someone said Matt Berry sounds like a, a British text-to-speak robot, and I can't fucking <laughs> lost it. I love him so much. Uh, meanwhile, Medfield College sponsor, and this is the moment that made me the angriest in the film, Chester Honecker is disappointed that Brainerd has failed his son Bennett in chemistry class. Film, you didn't need another plot point, but you put it in there anyways, didn't you? Get, you gotta have stuff to distract you from how horny we made this room. <laughs> uh, and also, the boy is played by Will Wheaton, and he sticks out like a sore thumb because they're all dressed like gangsters, and then there's Will fucking Wheaton sitting there. <laughs> He's so baby. He's such a little baby, and he's pretending to be tough. He's like, ooh, I go to college, and my daddy hurts people. I it's like, aw, Will. I got big muscles. I'm gonna go stand in line to get a Dreamcast tonight. Let's go. <laughs> my bedtime's 9.30. Yeah, uh, that night, he sends his security guard, Smith and Wesson, fuck this actual movie, to Brainerd's house in an attempt to persuade him into giving Bennett a better grade. And then they just get the shit beat out of them by some bowling balls. <laughs> that's that's Clancy Brown, uh, the the Highlander killer, the SpongeBob uh, me boy, <laughs> Mr. Krabs. 
still blows my mind how that is not the first thing on his Wikipedia page. He has a fucking storied career. <laughs> yes, but he's also Mr. Grant. <laughs> Sponge boy, me boy. How me about that flubber? <laughs> uh, this is the first moment in the film where the concept of what flubber is made me go, they should be dead right now. Because a bowling ball falls from about 50 feet in the air straight into his skull. Fine. He is yeah, it, okay. sh- it should have literally caved a hole in his skull. <laughs> and, like, I, I know I brought this up on the Discord as well, but, like, every action has an equal and opposite reaction, meaning that if that bowling ball is flying up into space with enough energy to go 50 feet in the air, that same amount of energy is going into that dude's skull? He ain't making it out, chief. <laughs> It's just gonna fucking vaporize his goddamn noggin. He's gone. <laughs> like, it's not even a matter of gore at that point. It's gonna move too fast. His head is just gone in a second. Oh, yeah, it's gonna be like a fine mist. <laughs> God, this fucking Wikipedia. <laughs> he unknowingly knocks them unconscious with a flubber-coated golf ball and bowling ball. Oh, yeah, by the way, the sentient creature can be crystallized, put into hand cream, and rubbed on shit real (laughs) creepy-like. It puts the flubber on its hands or else it gets the hose again. But after that, where it's like, oh, he unintentionally defeats the villains with this golf ball. Then he uses flubber to give his Ford Thunderbird flight. All right. You got it, Wikipedia. That's what happens. Ooh, I'm going to make my car fly with flubber. Ooh. Robin, how's that supposed to work? It's just an energy source. Oh, well, it's it's cool. it's the flying flubber. No, fuck you. That's not a thing. Oh, you, you turn it left, it goes left. Oh, you turn it right, it goes right. That was the fucked up thing to me is the steering wheel would occasionally turn left and right on an x-axis, but sometimes on the y-axis. And I was just staring like, Robin, how? How does this car work, Robin? And so he he takes it for a ride, and then he gets up real high, and he's like, ooh, this is nice. It should be quiet, though, and he turns the fucking car off. This dipshit <laughs> turns off he's the... He's just so absent-minded. <laughs> Uh, also, at this point, uh, he spies on his ex-fiance, who's hanging out with Shooter McGavin. And I don't remember this bet going this way, but uh, Shooter McGavin makes a bet with her, saying that if Medfield's basketball team wins the big game, she will have to buy him dinner or join him for a weekend in the mountains if they lose the game. That doesn't sound like a win-win that's a lose-lose scenario. Either you have to buy him dinner or you have to go to the mountains with him. You do not win this game. <laughs> I mean, the idea is that she's supposed to be, like, into him, I guess. So it's kind of like, Haha, no matter what, we're we're, we're going to fuck, I guess. Um, yeah. But what's, what's crazy to me is when he's peeping on them, like, he's doing it from the flying car, which is close enough that they should be able to hear Oh, yeah, it's like, sounds. it's it's closer to the earth than the top of, like, the house. He is very close to him. <laughs> like, you hear anything? Uh, 
After that, Weebo attempts to confess her love for to Brainerd, only to be shrugged off as a computer. In response, she grabs a knife. No, she creates a holographic human version of herself named Sylvia. Once again, film, you had enough. You had enough. Why? <laughs> It's so fucking creepy. Like, she goes on this 90s-ass computer and, like, makes a composite from, like, hot ladies yeah. to become to become the, the er-hot lady. Like the Pib Girl. It's just a bunch yes. of faces combined. <laughs> it is. She's the Pib Girl. We and then, like, she's just scrolling through a list of names trying to pick one that sounds right. Because I guess you can't have this, like, big, grown lady being like, my name is... Weebo. Weebo. <laughs> Weebo. And then she's straight up Dan Aykroyd getting a ghost blowjob. So That's what it is. That's what it is. Because she's not like, like it's a light projection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not a person. It's light. <laughs> anyway, She wants to see what that dick do. He's asleep. He's asleep. He is He's definitely fucked a up. God. He awakens before she can kiss him with another idea for Flubber, at which point he goes into the basketball arena and just starts putting Flubber on shit and seeing what happens. <laughs> and see, that's when I had the like thing of like, okay, yeah, this is why kids liked this movie. This is why I liked this movie as a kid, because like that whole scene is just Robin Williams screaming, making noises, and getting hit with stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then, of course, he uh, puts little, not I guess, not tacks, just, I don't know what the fuck they are, just some shit on the bottom of their shoes that has flubber. No, they were, they were tacks. Holy shit, Robin, these are children. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it's got flubber on it, but you, you, the flubber doesn't activate yet because I guess it's candy-coated. And, oh, this fucking game. How do flubber make you better at basketball? They're uncoordinated. Now you've just <laughs> given them a cannon to shoot themselves out of. This was the part where, like, RJ got the most, like, upset. Because, first off, it's it's just a weird basketball team. They're all tiny nerds. They all nerds. suck. They're all nerds. And, like, why is this a thing? Um, but then, yeah, like, the things that the flubber does, like, the he coats the basketball in it and so the kid is just bouncing it very quickly but that doesn't that doesn't help the other kid can still just take it <laughs> just kick him yeah like it and then he smacks a child's ass he does so that when that he smacks that a child falls. on the ass so that way later in the basketball game when that kid <laughs> falls on his ass inevitably he bounces back up and just hits a full-on mj dunk in that bitch or is that the one who went whole body through it? One of them went whole body through that basketball hoop. <laughs> Which at that point, I'm like, y'all ain't getting points on purpose. These are all accidental. Just, what's great is like you see them just straight fucking flying through the air. The coach of the other team quite reasonably like goes to the ref like, what the fuck? And the ref's like, there ain't nothing in the rule book against jumping too high. And that's like verbatim. And I was like, are you fucking me. That's some air budge. Clearly cheating. Like this is clearly the biggest <laughs> cheating I have ever seen. By the way, speaking of flubber on the ass, when he's trying to prove to his fiance 
why he missed the wedding. He says, I'm gonna put this in my back pocket and jump out that window and then I'm gonna be back up here. Which, holy shit, sounds like a crazy man. And then he goes to proceed to jump out the window with Flubber in his back pocket. Flubber just leaves. Flubber's like, fuck this. But even if the Flubber wasn't in his, was still in his back pocket, it wouldn't have helped because he took a flat back bump into the grass. <laughs> his pockets reached nowhere near it. Um... So after the close but successful basketball game, Brainerd's attempt to win Sarah back into his favor fails. You don't fucking say, Chief. <laughs> oh, that was the best part. Is he's sitting behind Shooter McGavin and and the and his 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 lady love. Yeah. Uh, and he just starts like cheering and like punching. Just beats the, the like, shit out of Shooter McGavin. <laughs> he's like, oh, guess you're going to be alone in the mountains this weekend. Ho, oh, oh. <laughs> Which is immediately giving away the plot of, I was spying on you. But don't worry about it. It's fine. I do love this idea of, I rubbed gooey shit on a bunch of children's hands. <laughs> take me back. Why won't you take me back, Sarah? With musical guest, <laughs> Lord. Here's your host, Weebo. Uh, upon Fuck. returning home, Brainerd just unloads on Weebo, saying his absent-mindedness is due to his love of Sarah. Are you sure about that? <laughs> it doesn't make any fucking sense. Because you missed three weddings to her. <laughs> I love her so much, I have to I completely forget her all the time. I love her Ooh. so much, I'm going to ignore her for the rest of my life. Oh. Uh, Weebo records his ramblings, verbatim what Wikipedia calls it, ramblings, <laughs> and shows the footage to Sarah, who's like, I guess we're good now, because he this loves fine. me. <laughs> then he shows her what Flubber do. And then they start talking about how to Girl, make what money. what Flubber do? <laughs> and then they're immediately like, how do we profit <laughs> off of this shit? They, they sell it to a, ca a car man? I think so. Okay, hold on. It's in the plot description. Uh, Honecker, which is the... It's the mafia dude, discovers Flubber's existence. And after failing to convince them to sell it to him, he summons Smith and Wesson to raid the house <laughs> and steal Flubber. Weebo attempts to fight them off, but Weebo is, in fact, useless as shit. She's a Roomba. What the fuck do you want from she her? She flew straight into a baseball bat. <laughs> she really did. You absolute <laughs> dipshit. Uh, then they return home. They find the dead <laughs> Weebo and Flubber stolen. And uh, turns out Weebo has a backup copy of herself on the computer if she got destroyed. But... But it's not Weebo. Weebo, oh fuck, this sucks so much. <laughs> says, say it, say it, coward. <laughs> I I took out my flaws and added the best parts of you, meaning that she has made a child with Robin Williams. <laughs> Weebo got the last laugh, bitch. <laughs> I fucked your man, bitch. Is what Weebo <laughs> says. 
<laughs> we got a child now. <laughs> we have a child. Oh, okay. And then uh, they go to confront bad guy and try to save Flubber under the guise of accepting his offer, which I don't know what their plan was, but to show up and just be like, yes, we'll sell it to you. I already stole it and have it. Well, yes, but that just means you owe me now or something. I don't know. Yeah, his, his whole logic was like, ooh, Flubber's very temperamental. I could, like, I control the Flubber. <laughs> <laughs> like he's fucking rat catcher, too. He's just yes. Flubber. Yep, basically. Uh, little do they know that he's just, like, coded him and his fiance <laughs> all the fuck up in Flubber. No, okay, no, but this is my favorite part of the film, legitimately, is they're searching Robin and they pull out hand cream and he's just like, oh, this is just for my eczema. And then he starts wiping his hands. <laughs> then they pull out a fake gun that's a water gun and fucking Wesson just keep shooting him in the fucking face with it for an inappropriately long amount of time like they stay they were like this is gonna be the bit and they just stick with it and my favorite part about it is the fact that they go no 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 put the gun in his hand and then he starts squirting robin williams in the hand and robin breaks character and starts laughing his ass off and i loved it i was so happy to see yeah it's just he's just like give it to him squirts through the face no no give it to him stop fooling around and give it give it to him in his hand and it's like <laughs> surely you can just he's clearly not getting it but and i I, think, the, I figured this was like maybe in universe that you know He's taken. He's got a concussion. Pulling Paul to the head. He just doesn't understand basic commands anymore. Uh, but the big twist is that the water gun was filled with flubber, which cannot be good to. Some of it got in his mouth. Some of it did get in his mouth. <laughs> uh, but hey, later he does try to take a punch to the jaw and just deflects it like it's nothing. Uh, I don't know if that's how that would work. But the best twist of the film. Is, of course, when they're like, ah, oh, we already have someone who can help us with the flubber. Who could it be? Yes, that's right, children. Tis I, Shooter McGavin, with the flubber. As played by Tim Curry. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so he's he's a he's a bad guy, which we've already kind of known. Uh, Brainerd and Sarah then reveal their ruse and unleash flubber. What a sentence. What a fucking sentence. I mean, that's what he does. He literally whispers to the flubber, do it for Weebo, and the flubber gives acknowledgement. <laughs> flubber's like, fuck yeah. And what does, uh, hey, Megan, what's the flubber do for Weebo? What's it do? Beats the shit out of most of the bad guys, but there's one bad guy. Get special treatment. Flubber goes into the body <laughs> of Shooter McGavin. Uh, after after several horrible, horrible seconds of frenzied movement, shoots out of this <laughs> poor man's asshole <laughs> at speed. He perforates Shooter McGavin's butthole. <laughs> That man is broken for the rest of his life. <laughs> it's all—it's like a shotgun went off, dude. It's a, 
just poof. <laughs> Uh, in the end, he's ruined. In the end, <laughs> they defeat everyone. Wikipedia, of course, not being able to say they sent Flubber to give him a violent reverse enema. <laughs> they retrieve the Flubber, raise enough money to save the college, and finally have a successful wedding. But do they though? Do they though? Because, hey, guys, you remember the whole plot at the beginning of he never shows up to the wedding? He does not show up to this <laughs> wedding. He's not there. <laughs> he, he, he Skypes in. He Skypes in on the new baby Weebo named Weebet, meaning that Robin Williams <laughs> is possessing the body of his daughter to marry his wife. Yeah. What is this movie? <laughs> and then they fly away in their their flubber car uh, while the ba baby Weebo complains the flubber's gross and also they traumatize a child for like the fifth time. Oh my god, the, the subplot of that, like this film has uh, about 57,000 subplots. My favorite one is of course the traumatized child who just keeps getting his shit pushed in by flubber. <laughs> Because he did nothing wrong. He's the only character in this film that's redeemable. His crime is being Robin Williams' next door neighbor. <laughs> so that's Flubber. That sure is fucking Flubber. This film has just so much in it that I'm afraid to break it down and forget there's, something. There's so much. Oh, I guess we didn't talk about the Flubber Bombo, but I feel like that's like the least. Like, it's not the, the Flubber does a dance. It's <laughs> literally, I remember this being so much more fun. It sucks. It is really bad. Uh, yeah, my favorite moment of the film is still the beginning where the credits are up and they're like, featuring the Flubber Mambo by Danny Elfman. <laughs> Music by Danny Elfman. I'm like, you wanted a separate credit for the Flubber Mambo, huh, Danny? You're like, it's yep. not enough. I got to double up. Oh, God. I, I just scrolled to where you texted me. This came out the same year as Goodwill Hunting. <laughs> um, so that leads me actually perfectly into my fan fiction. Um, what? Actually, no. What? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it right now to not disappoint you. I originally was gonna try to splice together Flubber and Goodwill Hunting, oh and there are God. remnants of that in this fan fiction. Um, but I did I didn't want to do exactly a fan fix. But like I said, I think there are like interesting ideas at play that are buried underneath a lot of bullshit. So I'm doing a bit of like a fan fix mixed with an entire genre swap. So this is my Oscar bait flubber movie. Oh my God. How can you not expect my expectations to be up when you introduce it like that? <laughs> so what are the problems with flubber? That's where you think I'm gonna begin, but I cannot do that. Because if I tried to fix every issue with Flubber, we would be here for eight hours. So it's We've already been here for 40 minutes just detailing them. So instead, I just want to look at what works and what would be more interesting if you played it up. So what does work in Flubber? How can we adapt it? And it begins with our main character, which is not 
Robin fucking Williams, Philip Bernard. Although the film has him in there, and he's a big part of it, it's gonna be about a young teaching assistant that gets assigned to work with him for a course credit. I don't know how TAs work, but I hope that's right. He is Yeah, that sounds right. Basically, he's gonna be a... What I realized this film didn't have is an audience surrogate that can look around and just say, like... What the fuck is happening? Why is <laughs> like even the most buckwild films have an audience surrogate? Like Scott Pilgrim versus the World has Anna Kendrick there the whole time just to be like, y'all are seeing this too, right? <laughs> uh, so he gets to play our surrogate. He uh, he's a character we can empathize with. He allows our thoughts to play out on screen. So that's where our film begins. He's down on his luck. We get a shot of him waking up in his disheveled bed, pizza boxes littering the room, before being called to the TA person office. I don't know how TAs work. <laughs> Anyways, TA general runs down a list of our main character's personality traits says he's lazy and arrogant but he's a genius when he sets his mind to something which when he has something to accomplish they are hoping to awaken his genius by partnering him with bernard a reclusive scientist whose extreme lapses in memory have left him alone with only his inventions by his side so basically what i'm saying is he's friends with you know a disgraced former <laughs> chemist. Uh, so that's the big thing with Bernard we focus on is his memory. Uh, as our main character arrives to his office for the first time, he finds him, not his office, his uh, classroom. He finds him teaching the entirely wrong subject. He's going off about particle acceleration to a group of first years in what can only be described as the world's most depressing lecture hall. Basically, it looks like if detention was inside a Roman Colosseum. Uh, the whole time he watches as the students get up and leave, frustrated with the professor's teachings, until finally the last student stands and leaves. Bernard turns to return to his desk when he discovers our main character. His name is Will. It's not Will Hunting, but his name is Will. Will. Is it Will Wheaton? No, it was originally going to be Will Hunting, but I didn't. Staring at him, he tries to rush him out, thinking he's another student until he realizes that Will is his new TA, at which point he immediately rushes over to his notebooks and begins frantically flipping through the pages. What are you doing? Will comments as he slowly walks over to Bernard, who ecstatically places a finger to a page. Ah, there we are! Bernard smiles before reading off the page to Will. Uh, can you get me one, uh, one co coffee with an extra shot of espresso and... Wow, are you, are you not, are you just gonna do this not in the Robin Williams I voice can't, like a I can't, fucking coward? I can't, it gets serious and I don't want to... Mm, welcome, I can't. <laughs> Oh, oh. I've uh, alienated all of my friends and family. Oh. oh, I've destroyed my whole life. Oh, welcome for your consideration at the Oscars. Uh, he, he says, uh, can you get me one coffee with an extra shot of espresso and two sugars? Uh, I'm, I'm sorry for the notes. They help me remember what I like. I see. Will comments before exiting the lecture hall. He gets halfway down the long stretch of hallway when he realizes that he has absolutely no fucking money. He nervously turns back around to ask Bernard for some cash, but when he opens the door, he notices something strange. 
The professor's entire posture has changed. He was no longer a nervous little teacher that he had saw earlier. He looked confident. He sat upright in his seat, and his eyes were laser-focused on the documents in front of him. He makes a few small notes in the book before smiling ecstatically and rushing over to the blackboard where he pulls up the projection screen to reveal entire feet of different formulas and calculations, each written in his chicken-scratch handwriting. Before he can observe any further, however, the door creaks loudly, echoing throughout the hall. Bernard's eyes immediately dart towards the door as he reaches up to pull the screen back down, but to no avail. Sorry, uh, you forgot to give me money for the coffee, Will comments sheepishly approaching Bernard. Although, I guess that's your thing, right? Being forgetful? Yes, uh, of course. The professor comments quietly as he pulls out a hundred dollar bill from his pocket and hands it to Will. That's five for the coffee, and ninety-five to make sure you never tell anyone what you saw in here. What is this? Will mutters quietly as he walks up to the blackboard. Constantly increasing inertia captured in microscopic particles. It, Doc, this breaks the laws of physics. The acceleration of any particle is based entirely on the mass of said particles and the amount of force applied. This is hypothesizing something that could change physics as we know it. This is an infinite source of power. This is not fucking possible. You know, that's exactly what the head of the science department said before they locked me up down here. No, they locked you up down here because your mind is slipping. Is that what they told you? Bernard smirks before sitting on his desk and letting out a heavy sigh. I am but mad north-northwest. When the wind is southerly, I know a hawk from a handsaw. It's from, it's from Hamlet. It's, it's, a, it's a quote from Hamlet. You've heard of Hamlet, right? So wait, well, what are you saying? You made all this up? If they saw how close I was getting to this, they would throw me out of this college in an instant. All of my research taken away, all my work gone and thrown into the hands of the highest bidder. But the ramblings of a madman are worthless, no matter what he says. And as far as that class this morning, it's full of theater majors and art students. They just need this class to achieve a quota, so I decided to have a little fun with them. One time I went off about the chemical makeup behind kryptonite, and I'm fairly sure they all thought it was true. So have you ever put this into action? Will comments, staring up at the board. Actually testing this? I've only been able to three times. And what happened? Well, let's just say there used to be many more labs in this building. Bernard chuckles before staring up at his work. The particles are unstable. T turns out when you constantly increase the energy of something, it eventually has no choice but to let all of that energy out. And then subsequently dies. It's like a mini supernova contained in one formerly pristine classroom. Bernard sits behind his desk, once again poring over his notes before something violently ricochets off his desk, narrowly avoiding his head, before launching itself into the upper echelons of the lecture hall where it bounces around from desk to desk before finally jumping down the stairs and arriving at his feet. He leans down to discover a small wonder ball, marbled green and yellow coloring streaking down its side. He looks up at Will, confused. If this was an assassination attempt, it was very poorly done. Bernard smirks as he tosses the ball back to Will. No, th this is the answer. Will smirks. What if we contained your part? A lot of smir lot of smirking going on. It's my favorite word to use, and I hate it. I always put because I'm like I can't put smiles. They're not that happy. You gotta smirk. 
what if we contained your particles within rubber or, or something similar? Any excess energy could be dispersed into the rubber itself, preventing it from becoming a supernova. It would be constantly radi radiating out excess energy into the rubber while saving any potential energy for future uses. And thus, the concept for Flubber was born. You genuinely do not need any other plot lines in this fucking film than this. <laughs> Have Bernard as an old, wise scientist paired with the young, brash Will, who's played by Matt Damon, makes for a fun dynamic. Any romance shit can be played out with Will, while Bernard is married to Weebo. It is a robot that cares for him, <laughs> cleans his house, and knows everything about Professor Philip Brainerd. Uh, also, he just passes everyone in his class, so fuck the mafia storyline. This is just a story of two men making the scientific discovery of a lifetime and the fallout from that. So act one is them- So, so do you think that it's the TA's job to get coffee? It's assistant. You gotta- uh, Hell, that's, that's not- You gotta no. assist- if it if it's every, no. even if it's not, he's kind of an asshole. So like <laughs> it works. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I don't want anyone to think that we think that that's a real thing that TAs have to go do. Yeah, that's not what TA. I know everything that TAs have to do, and that's and that one of them is not get coffee. That's not what they. I, do. Uh, I, w I was a graduate teaching assistant. I had to teach a whole ass fucking class. And if one of the professors had been like, hey, oh, give me a cup of coffee, <laughs> I would have told them to go fuck themselves. Uh, so basically, they try to make Flubber in their lab while avoiding the watchful eye of the head of the science department. They slowly develop a bond with Will as the only person that he feels like they can trust. And eventually, they manage to try out the experiment, leaving a small rubber ball inside of a chamber where they aim to pump the Brainerd particle into it. Unfortunately, the experiment fails and the ball merely explodes into massive piles of goo, splatting against the walls and leaving Brainerd once again defeated until Will discovers something. The goo that had splattered against the walls wasn't the byproduct of a failed experiment. It wasn't trash. It had purpose. It was what they were looking for all along. It was... Say it with me now, folks. Flubber! This leads us into Act Fucking 2, which sees them dealing with the fallout of creating something that literally breaks the laws of physics. Brainerd tries to keep the project to himself, not wanting anyone to corrupt his invention, but unfortunately, during a chance encounter with the Dean of Sciences, he tells Brainerd that he has until the end of the semester where his performance review will decide his fate. This is also the moment where I message Megan saying, Hey, how does tenure work? <laughs> <laughs> At this point, Will begins to mouth off because he's a brash young, uh, brash young Matt Damon, and he reveals the flubber to the dean, claiming that it's enough to keep Brainerd employed forever. The school needs a genius and that they are standing right next to that genius. Brainerd, having to keep up his memory loss shtick, is forced to stay silent as Will continues to run off, saying that if the dean wants evidence of flubber's greatness, they can show it off. And the win and win the school something they never had. A national championship. That's right, bitch. I'm keeping the fucking basketball game. It's still what? in here. It's still in here. It, 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 Oscar bait flubber? Yeah. Anyways, after the <laughs> dean leaves, Brainerd sits behind his desk, defeated. He asks Will exactly what the hell was he thinking, using this historic substance to win a basketball game. Flubber could power the entire world as an infinite energy source. Oil, nuclear power, gasoline would all be made obsolete thanks to their invention. 
and he's using it to win a fucking basketball game. Will argues that he was trying to help the professor keep his job, but Brainerd furiously tells him to leave his office. Unfortunately, what he does not notice... <laughs> does Will say, how about them apples? How about them apples? <laughs> uh, it's, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. <laughs> it's not your fault. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, what the professor does not notice is Will taking a small bit of flubber with him contained in a vial. That weekend, everyone's eyes are focused on the basketball game. Come on and slam, and welcome to the jam. <laughs> to the jam. <laughs> the majority of the school is simply hoping for the opportunity to get to the playoffs, but for Will and Brainerd, something bigger is on the line. The professor's entire career, his research, his life's work... Oh, okay. Will, I forgot Will was a name, and I was like, what's this verb doing here? Uh, <laughs> Will sneaks into the locker room and begins to apply a thin layer of the flubber to each of the players' shoes before smiling, not smirking, and returning back to watch his work save the day. But unfortunately, kids, reality cannot be as fun as it is in Disney movies. Because moments later, as music filled the arena and the team was announced, a heroic team of b-ball players did not emerge from the... Alley. Instead, what emerged were bloodied and <laughs> instead what emerged were bloodied and beaten athletes. None of them wearing shoes. The shocking part, however, wasn't the students coming out; it was the students not coming out. You see, as soon as the soles of those shoes made contact with the earth, multiple players for the team had their legs shot up into the sky with a momentum that they had never known. This tore ligaments in two, broke bones, and set off a wild chain of events that saw numerous sneakers all shooting across the room, slamming into people's faces and knocking them unconscious. It was at that moment that Will realized that Flubber is not a magical goo that is an end-all solution for everything. Thing. It possesses the same dangers, if not more, than nuclear reactors and fossil fuels. The following day, Will rushes to Brainerd's office, hoping to apologize, but as he entered, he found the professor sitting alone in his rolling chair, the rest of his office filled with cardboard boxes, various old experiments sitting between them. Will sighs quietly as he enters the room, sitting against the floor. I'm sorry, he remarks. I was... I was stupid. I should have never taken Flubber to that game. It was dangerous, and people got hurt. I should hurt. have tried to win a basketball game. I should have never it. tried to win that basketball game with Flubber. <laughs> I don't know if I could ever forgive myself, and now I've lost the only person at this school that I've managed to get close to. And I need you to realize how fucking sorry I am. Brainerd looks up and stares Will in the eyes before remarking, I'm sorry, who are you? Brainerd comments quietly, staring down at the young man huddled in the corner. My office hours have unfortunately not started for today, but I guarantee I can help you out later. No, 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 Brainerd, don't do this, Will comments quietly. You know who I am. You know who the fuck I am. I do? Well, I'm terrible with faces, but like I said, I can't see anyone today until my office hours begin. Fuck you. Will finally mutters, standing and approaching him. You had the whole world in your hands, an infinite number of possibilities lying in wait. You had something in your hands that could save this entire world, and you kept it to yourself like some kind of psychotic hoarder. And yet it was my attempts to use our invention that makes me the bad guy here. Keeping to myself never broke anybody's spine, Brainerd replies. Oh, so you can remember that, huh? You just getting to pick and choose what you remember there? 
Yeah, I guess I do remember. I remember a lot, actually. I remember 30 years of work. I remember being mocked across this campus. I remember being called insane. And I remember them saying that so many times that I started to believe it myself. And I remember someone coming along and trying to convince me that they were all wrong. That all of my work meant something. And yet somehow, it was that person that showed me how wrong I was all these years. He comments before sealing a suitcase on the ground and picking it up as he begins to leave. What is that? Will comments. It's the flubber. I'm selling it. This causes Will's eyes to widen as he attempts to barricade him from exiting. Please, they told me I had to be out by noon and it's already 1pm. You can't sell it. What happened to that guy who was so afraid of people corrupting his work? That guy who wouldn't let a soul put a hand on his experiments? Don't worry. That guy still exists. Brainer smiles quietly before shoving, out, shoving Will out of the way. But that guy also has rent to pay and has recently been terminated from his place of employ. Now please excuse me. This sends us into Act 3, where Will has to find a way to reunite with him, save his career, and make sure Flubber gets used properly. But before that can happen, Ben Affleck has to come out and be like, You gotta win a lottery ticket, and y'all gonna be upset if, you, um, if you're there when I meet you tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> the whole time Ben Affleck having the most excessive Boston accent you've ever heard. You gotta go back, Ben Affleck. You gotta ben, Aff back. ben Affleck remarks, spurring Will to return to his school, where he sneaks into Brainerd's office and activates Weebo, who has not been really central to the plot, but just know Weebo's been like hanging around doing Weebo shit the whole time. Anyways, activates the robot and attempts to learn who the professor is selling that flubber to. But unfortunately, it is during this that we learn the truth of the sad life of Professor Brainerd. We learn that his first First time attempting to create the Brainerd particle, resulting in his former lab assistant being killed in the explosion. His former lab assistant, who was also his wife, and also the inspiration for Weibo's AI, but that's a whole different thing. He swore to never attempt his experiments again, telling Weibo to delete all the files related to what would eventually become Flubber. Wait a minute, no, that, that can't be right. He was working on the Flubber when we first met. Will comments quietly to Weibo. He was actively attempting to create the particles again. This moment sends Weibo to show Will all the other times that he had attempted this experiment, all beginning exactly the same, an assistant inspiring him to continue his work, ultimately leading to their untimely demise. And after er How many assistants has he killed? Three. Like, <laughs> I don't think he would still be allowed to teach their That's an incident. <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> Um, <laughs> and after every single incident, the professor would tell Weibo to delete the files before telling her to open them the very next day. You see, the professor's forgetfulness isn't an act, as much as he likes to claim it is. Ever since losing his wife, his partner, his mind had begun to slip, deteriorating over the years to where he is now, until he met Will. Because as Will begins to swipe through his medical records, swipe through those years and years of various brain scans, he sees that the healthiest his mind had been in months was while working with Will. He provoked the professor's mind. He forced him to think and analyze things differently than he ever had before. These new connections be between long dead synapses began to help the professor remember his life again. 
Will continues to search through his files when he stumbles upon something that gives him a sudden shock of purpose. Will, now filled with determination, orders Weebo to tell him who he's selling the flubber to and where they're meeting. The big twist? It was Shooter McGavin. No, he's selling it (laughs) to the Dean of the Sciences. The very man who called flubber an impossible joke is now offering top dollar to use it for his own experiments. Will thanks Weebo and immediately rushes for the Dean's office where Brainerd was set to sell off all of his life's work to the highest bidder. The Dean's probably gonna use it to like make an infinite power generator but then sell it to people. I don't know. You know, I always believed in you. The Dean smiles as he clicks his pen, signing his end of the contract. And now... He doesn't smirk. He does smirk. Oh wait, yeah, hold on. I wrote smiles. Let me fix that. (laughs) The Dean smirks. There we go. Uh, And now... Look at us. Two of the greatest scientific minds of our generation bringing forth a new age in energy. Yes. Brainerd comments quietly as that clipboard is slid over to him. His life's work now reduced to a few pages of highly overprocessed legalese. He sighs and picks up the pen when suddenly Will rushes through the door with Weebo following closely behind. What is the meaning of this? He probably says that like a normal human being. The the dean asks when suddenly Weebo begins to project something in the chair next to Brainerd. It was a perfect copy of his wife, Sarah, now a ghost in the proverbial machine. She speaks to Brainerd, who had worked for years to forget her, to forget everything. His eyes well up with tears as he slowly remembers the face of the love of his life. Those eyes suddenly turn to sorrow when he remembers what happened to her before finally turning to rage, glaring across at the Dean. You see, back a few years, Brainerd wasn't the disgraced scientist we see him today. No, he was in fact one of the top picks to be the new Dean of Sciences. Unfortunately for him, his ambition began to outgrow his reach. His focus wasn't on becoming a Dean, it was on finishing his life's work, finishing Flubber, which of course is what led to his downfall. Weebo projects onto the desk a VR projection of what happened that infamous day, created from multiple security cameras in Brainerd's lab. Oh my god. That's how it will work? I'm not saying... It's then that did the did the de- did the dean do a thing? The dean did do a thing. That's the- oh my god, Scotty! Brainerd's first incident was not caused by himself at all. It was the dean. It- you know that it's like the what is it? That's like the detective Pikachu. That's like Detective Pikachu a lot. Yeah, this is exactly like Detective Pikachu. <laughs> what part of Detective Pikachu is this like? Where they look at the security camera thing recreation, the VR recreation, and it looks like Mewtwo done murdered his dad. But then, you know, oh, we look at it from a different angle. Oh, Mewtwo didn't done murder your dad at all, friends. Oh, dang, your dad's Ryan Reynolds. (laughs) Oh, dang. I wish that was how this ended. Uh, (laughs) He fucking exploded the classroom. This embarrassment shattered the mind of Brainerd, disgracing him and allowing the Dean to usurp him into his current role, where he then sought out to embarrass Brainerd at every instance. As the Dean immediately begins to backpedal, claiming that Weebo's projections were merely false narratives, begging Brainerd to sign the contract, he instead opts to take the flubber and leave. Suddenly, the Dean furiously lunges at him, attempting to rip the flubber from his hands. 
This next scene may be what loses us the Oscar. Uh, during the battle, the Dean cracks open the vial, causing Flubber to drip down his fingers. Will interferes, causing the Dean to rear back and attempt to punch him, but then his hand makes contact with the brick wall behind Will, which sends a massive crack up the wall, and the Dean fist first out of the whole ass window, breaking his hand. The Dean is arrested the following day for murder, probably, I guess. He's definitely not <laughs> Dean anymore. Somehow, I, I want Weebo to become the Dean? I'm not sure. I really didn't have much for this past act, too, but I really love the idea of Weebo as the Dean. And our heroes go on to work on Flubber in secret, creating an infinite energy source and saving the world. Yeah, I know, this fell apart pretty quick in Act 3, huh? Could have been worse. I was originally just going to straight up try to splice Flubber and Goodwill hunting together. Will just looks at him. It's not your fault. It's not your <laughs> it's fault not that your, your wife fault. exploded in a fucking... <laughs> it's not Fuck. your fault your wife went boom boom. Well, there is that very good tra cut together trailer that I sent you of, of Venom and Flubber, which Eddie. is so amazing. <laughs> We are, we are Flubber. <laughs> uh, someone should do one with Flubber and Goodwill Hunting. <laughs> I'm it's so insane to me. <laughs> what a flip! He, I don't know which one came out first, but Robin either reactionary from Flubber said, "I gotta bring it for Goodwill Hunting," or he did Goodwill Hunting first and then just said, "I'm done for the year. I don't have to <laughs> act anymore." But that's what I did. That's my Oscar bait Flubber film. It's probably just called F, F with a period after it. Jesus Christ! What did you do though? So. I was really at a loss just because the flubber the flubber film broke me in such a way. Uh, and so what I usually do in those instances is see what the internet has gotten up to. Look look at the the fanfic landscape to try to draw inspiration. And I mean, I didn't actually look at specific fix this time because the first thing I found scared me so much. I didn't want to go down that oh, road. Oh, yeah, I'll bet with Flubber. Yeah, at 9.55 this morning, I got a message saying, I have no idea what the fuck I'm going to write about Flubber. Yeah, I was just on like, I'm on Tumblr, like normal ass Tumblr, which has, you know, banned anything nasty. And I'm like, what do, do people even talk about Flubber? Well, let's play Flubber and see what we get. Oh, so you know that bit, you know that bit where, F where Flubber tears its way out of Shooter McCavin's asshole. Oh, <laughs> that awakened things for some people. That specifically, but it's coming out. It's not going in. Meaning that there are is it? It's it, it's the whole it's the whole journey. <laughs> <laughs> so they're getting they just get aroused at the concept of digestion apparently. I don't want to think about it anymore. It's one of those so things I, that I don't want to think about, but my brain does anyway. And I'm like, no, you need to stop. <laughs> so I tabbed out of that. <laughs> and I, I, I took on a new tech here, uh, which is kind of a combination of what we did, the what we each did on the One Piece episode, where... I was like, I'm just going to list some pirates and how they might do an anime. And you were like, I'm just going to list some anime and how they might do as pirates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I just I started thinking about 
just sort of like fictional inventor mad scientists just as a as a genre yeah and so i made a bracket oh shit yes you're gonna have to to help me yes (laughs) so the categories how impressive or useful are their inventions how much good or harm are their inventions responsible for and also like them themselves how much good or harm are they doing as people yeah who might win in a fight? Most importantly, do they fuck? Oh, okay. So wait, each bracket is decided by a different query. I'm not. Sh- Look, I didn't. You're 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 already putting more thought into this concept <laughs> of a bracket than I am. Let's go full fun fiction rules, aka there are no fucking rules. Someone who obviously should lose may win in this tournament. So. Obviously, we got we got Doctor Philip Brainerd. His inventions are horny robots and sentient goo that could power everything forever. Okay, but he is absent-minded to the point where there has to be something wrong with him, like medically. <laughs> I felt bad bringing it up, but I was like, he's gotta have something wrong with him. <laughs> uh, the most obvious uh, c- contender, Doc Brown. Oh, Doc Brown wins. Well, yeah, I mean, he's another he's another eccentric. Um, he does invent actual literal time travel. He is murdered by terrorists that he bought plutonium from. Yeah, that's pretty sick. Fucking rules. <laughs> oh, it fucking rules, but, like, Brainerd don't die. The only reason that, that Doc Brown doesn't, like, ultimately die is because of Marty McFly. Spoilers for <laughs> Back to the Future, I guess. Yeah, spoilers for BTTF. Um, <laughs> here's the thing, though. I feel like if Fl- what happens in Flubber takes place in the Back to the Future universe. He's dead. He's immediately dead because they've made <laughs> up some bullshit physics for this film. He's just super dead. <laughs> Uh, what other doctors I got here? I got Dr. Frankenfurter. <laughs> What's impressive about his invention? Well, he made his own he made his own sexy boy. I made a man. <laughs> I made a sexy boy for With me. long hair and a tan. <laughs> I didn't like my other sexy boy as much, so I killed him. He's he's very bad. He's he's quite evil. I really don't have to explain that, but also he does fuck. He do fuck. I don't think, like, I don't care that they gave him, like, a little crush in the third movie. Doc Doc Brown does not fuck. Oh, wait. Is this a... Oh, okay. I thought this was a full, like, 16 bracket tournament. Is this no, now I just... do not have 16 brackets. I have one, two, three, Oh, four, okay. Five, so six. this is just... I've got, like, like if eight. You, if you win your form previous fight, you now must choose the, the next opponent to battle. I mean, I'm mostly just kind of going through the list, and then we can sort of go from there. I'm I'm laying out attributes. I think Doc Brown wins against Doctor Frankenfurter. Yeah, I think Doctor Frankenfurter would win against a few people just because they wouldn't know what the fuck to do about that. Here's my thing, and I, this is not going to be a popular opinion. I do not like Rocky Rocky Horror Picture Show at all. Uh, I do like Doctor Frankenfurter, like as a, a character in general, but. I think Doc Brown could take him. Doc Brown could go back in time to where Dr. Frankenfurter was a baby. <laughs> okay, well, if you say that, then he's just going to beat everybody. Yeah, well, yeah, he's got time travel on his side. Okay, well, so 
to potentially does Dr. Octopus. Oh, fuck. That one is tough. So, yeah, he built, you know, presumably non-horny robot appendages. Uh, I don't know. They could Claw be, number three is for loving is what I've been told. <laughs> I do love how every single doctor you have listed all could collectively kick Robin Williams's ass. <laughs> you have not mentioned a single doctor that I'm like, no, Robin could get that one. No. Well, the, the, next, the next one. Potentially. So, Doc Ock also, in terms of whether or not Doc Ock fucks, um, I think in the comics he tried to marry, he may have married Aunt May. Oh, no, no. He was in like a full relationship with Aunt May. Like, that was a full storyline for a while there. And in Spider Verse, it's definitely hinted that Lady Doc Ock and Aunt May, they fucked. Lady Doc Ock fucks so hard. Lady Doc Ock fucks so good and hard. <laughs> Love that we're at that. And then I was just like, ah, Catherine Hahn. What mm. else have I seen, Catherine? And then WandaVision happened. I went, oh, good. It's even when it's not animated that Catherine Hahn fucks. Catherine Hahn just fucks. All right. So you said you have eight, right? Yeah. All right. So we had Robin Williams, Doc Ock, Dr. Uh, Frankenfurter, Doc Brown. Doc Brown. Uh, I'm just gonna, I think I'm gonna rank them. Like, I'm gonna try to make a list, a full ranking as we go down. Go for it. Wayne Zielinski. That's, uh, that's good old Honey, I Shrunk the Kids guy, ain't it? It sure is. The only reason I know that, he is the third scientist on Journey into Imagination with Figment (laughs) that gets brought up. I was gonna say that I was really impressed because I didn't. I would not know like the name off the top of my head. Is just Rick Moranis? What done yeah. shrunk his kids? Hey, I have ridden Journey into Imagination with Figment so many times. It's a fucking terrible ride. What's wrong with you? I love it so much. It sucks so hard. We're uh, gonna do an episode on Figment. I I'm will gonna, do horrible things to that little dragon. Um, I've, got, I've got, currently I have Doc Brown in the number one spot. Uh, I'm going to say Doc Brown, Doc Ock, Frankenfurter, R- Zelensky, Williams is what I have currently. So Zelensky, uh, he does in fact successfully make a shrink ray. He yep. also eat. he almost eats one of his kids. Now that is an issue that we should probably <laughs> confront with him. Um, and I think... I think Professor Robin Williams could probably beat him up. He could beat him up with the flubber, but yeah, if he could, but, well, if he could that's use... that's the whole point, is they're using inventions. I think he would shrink... be able to beat the shit out of him with flubber before he could figure out how to work the shrink ray properly. Actually, even then, if he shrinks the flubber, that's essentially just creating a flubber bullet yeah. that can pierce his heart. Okay, so yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll put him at the bottom of the bottom of the pack right now. Tony Stark... See, you can't do this to me because I'm biased. <laughs> he made a robot suit and and basically human AIs. Although, you know what? <laughs> Philip Brainerd walked so Tony Stark could <laughs> run. <laughs> because he, he built a horny robot first. I am actually currently now on r slash who would win on Doc Ock versus Iron Man. Not a single one of these people have have any faith in Dr. Octopus. Harsh. Uh, so they're not thinking about the psychological battle here. That's why we we try to we we put more dimensions in play here. And in fun fiction, we are comprehensive. So yeah, Tony Stark. Um, 
half the thing like one of the robots that he made was evil did almost destroy a whole country also like he's a he is a he is a dickhead (laughs) he did also uh come up with time travel kind of so I think he may beat Doc Brown too. Did he come up with the time travel? Who came up with the time travel? I don't I... fucking remember. Was that Doctor Strange? Oh fuck! I didn't put Doctor Strange on here. Well, because he's not an inventor. He's a magician. He just says doctor <laughs> in his name. Well, he is a doctor of the medicine arts. He 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 can do a real good surgery on you. My name is Benedict Cumberbatch Strange. <laughs> I'm going to do a real good surgery. Are you telling such me a, a good sh- surgery on you? Are you telling me a shrimp fried this? <laughs> so it, yeah, Tony. Anything Tony Stark makes is just as much likely to turn on him and try to murder him as anything else. At least Flubber likes Robin Williams. He really likes Shooter McGavin. <laughs> what? If, uh, what if Flubber tears its way out of Tony Stark's asshole? <laughs> If we're bringing that into play, all of them are defeated by Flubber's asshole ripping abilities. I mean, if Doc Brown's time travel is always in play, and then he gets stuck in a loop where Flubber's tearing out of his asshole <laughs> over and over forever. Dormammu, I've come to bargain. Ah! <laughs> Jesus! Uh, oh, I'm a, my- by the way, I'm reading the end game synopsis right now. <laughs> they just say like, yeah, it works. <laughs> this how time travel <laughs> no, no inventions or anything they're like just, ah, they yeah they figured it out <laughs> <laughs> they done they, they did done figure it out uh lex luther oh fuck that's a tough he's with tony i think i would put him on the same level as tony stark under attributes i just put hate superman bald became the president and built a kryptonite suit does not fuck he oh he definitely doesn't fuck no i think he might be second in our current ranking really i think so second? Like, either him or tony like one of the two <laughs> uh because the uh, problem with frankenfurter robin williams and wayne Zelensky is they are just people and iron man has a mech suit Luthor has a mech suit. Doc Brown has the ability to travel through time and kill them as babies. I mean, technically, they are all just people. Like, you could argue that Tony Stark and Philip Brainerd are are the same level of smart. Need I remind you, this man who is so fucking out in space that he cannot remember whether he's getting married on a given day built a flying Roomba that's essentially indistinguishable from a person in terms of how it can feel and state its desires. It's it's Jarvis. He made, <laughs> he made his own Jarvis. He made a Jarvis what wants to fuck him. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, the last one is, of course, Dr. Bruce Banner. Made himself big and angry, is now sad about it all the time, even though he's presumably got a giant green donger now. Okay, here's the thing with him. I know he's smart. I know he's a scientist because that's what they told me in the movies. <laughs> what has he done that he's cool in science? I mean, he fucked up an experiment that gave him a big green dogger. <laughs> the end. That's it. 
And I guess he also helped. I mean, if you're going through Marvel Cinematic Universe canon, he helped Tony build his murder son. He did. It was very good. Uh, so I think he's got to go under Tony no matter what. Because Tony was like, if you ever fuck up, I built a robot that looks exactly like you. And I'm going to pilot it and fuck your shit up. And he's just, he's also very sad. Like, he wouldn't want to fight anyone because he'd just be like, oh, I, I can't control my emotions. Okay, how low is he going on this list? I currently have, from number one, Doc Brown has not left that spot. Uh, Lex Luthor, Tony Stark, Doc Ock, Frank Inferter, Robin Williams, and then at the very fucking bottom, man, what shrunk his children. <laughs> Where does Bruce Banner fit on this list? I mean, I guess technically he could just step on everyone. He really could. Has Hulk fought? Surely Hulk must have fought Doc Ock. One would that's assume. The, that's the beauty of a lot of the ones that you've picked, is I could just be like, did y'all do it? Did, y- did y'all, have y'all fought yet? Uh, it appears that in the first encounter, Doc Ock beat Hulk. Oh, well, there you go. But then uh, the writer of the series was so pissed off that apparently he went out of his way to make sure Hulk beat the shit out of him in the future. The Hulk, holy shit, the Hulk rips Doc Ock's arms out and makes him eat them. Then he throws him into space. What the fuck? Well, I know where he's going. (laughs) We might need to reconsider this. (laughs) (laughs) Step back, let's rethink things. However... Can you imagine Flubber tearing out of the Hulk's asshole? Can you imagine Ant Man? <laughs> That's going, they, going Scotty. in Hulk's asshole to stop Flubber from coming out the other end. Scotty, because I, I see, I thought you were you were doing the Thanos. You were doing yeah, yeah. the Thanos. Yeah, Philip Brainerd could have defeated Thanos with Flubber. Put it in his mouth and out his asshole. <laughs> You did it! You, you you prevented the snapping. You saved us all. We love you, Philip. Now go marry your fucking fiance, you dumb bastard. Oh, I'm sorry. I had to save the Earth from Thanos, but now I'm back. <laughs> I love how a key part of this impression involves having to shrug your shoulders and bob up and down. It's like your whole body begins to float in the air, and you got to bring yourself back. Whoa! Hold Whoa. on. <laughs> Oh, 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 float away. All right. <laughs> our, our official list that we definitely believe is true of most powerful science wizards is Wayne <laughs> Zelensky, the worst, Robin Williams, the human, Frankenfurter, Doc Ock, Bruce Banner, Tony Stark. So all the MCU folks just kind of got packaged together. Lex Luthor and Doc Brown. The ultimate science wizard, <laughs> Doc Brown. The, the most ultimate science wizard. No, I, I, I have re, I've tossed this list out thinking about, uh, about Professor Robin Williams facing <laughs> off against Thanos and perforating his butthole with flubber. So what are we doing next week? That's usually where I say we fixed Flubber, but I don't think... I fixed the Marvel Cinematic Universe, thank you very much. <laughs> what What do next week? I believe it is your turn to pick. Oh, fuck. Already? Yeah. Shit, alright, hang on. Could uh... we just do Detective Pikachu? 
I mean, we could, but you know what I would, you know what would happen. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, how about, how about Evil Dead? Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. I will exclusively be talking about the second one in Army of Darkness because the first one is a boring, normal horror movie, and that's not my shit. Well, I, I think, well, that's, that's also, I think that's what Sam Raimi would want. Like, the whole reason the second, he made the second one was to be like, nah, I didn't quite get it the first time. <laughs> I, I fucked up, yeah. I'm gonna make a whole movie making fun of the first movie I made. <laughs> Hell yeah, we'll do evil, but fuck evil dead next week. But until then, where could people find you on the pepperoni? And you can find me on that good, good pizza known as Twitter <laughs> <laughs> at Meg underscore danger, where you can see all my cats, all my good, cute little kitties. It's good cat, good cat content. And you can find me on Twitter posting about uh, probably some random shit I made at three in the morning at Scotty Mo, S-C-O-T-T-Y-E-M-O. Check out all the other podcasts, a load of BS, Fight Boys if you like pro wrestling, but most importantly, The Weird, the actual play TTRPG podcast featuring me, Megan, and Charles Kelly. That's like X-Files, but worse. <laughs> fucking Magnus Archives, but funny, and Gravity Falls, but exactly the fuck say there Nailed is n- <laughs> no difference between our show and gravity falls none whatsoever you remember that episode of gravity falls where the radio demon attacks i mean it's not it's not that far off <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you to best day we uh you you make the music on podcast and we go oh yeah that's podcast music baby <laughs> we sent you <laughs> Scotty sent you a letter that just says this has anthrax in it. Because that's how much we appreciate you. If you like his music, you could go to hear more of it at soundcloud.com slash best hyphen day or search best day on things. Cyberbullying. Anyways. <laughs> Go to merch.aloadofpurebs.com, although a lot of you maniacs already have, to buy the Roast of Darcy shirt and the Pride and Prejudice and Hobbs and Shaw and Diners and Drive-Ins and Dives and Fun Fiction shirt. Shit, I still have to buy that. It looks, I ended up making it look actually cool, which I'm kind of upset about. I feel like it needed to be real shitty. You know, every now and then we could buy, you could make something that's that's nice. It's just nice to look at and no. wear. Uh-uh, I can't do that. Every time I paint with Emily, she's like, can you paint something that's cute? No, I can't. No, I can't, babe. I really, I'm just going to throw some shit on this canvas and see what happens. I feel like that's fun fiction in a nutshell. About to just gotta throw some shit on this canvas and see what happens. <laughs> Are we forgetting anything else? Did we done do it all? So, but like, if the, surely one of the Infinity Stones can stop <laughs> Flubber from coming out of his an- an- anus. Like, surely there has to be something in there, right? <laughs> Like he just times. What if he's into it? Uses the time stone and then just like in out. (laughs) What if he's the one who saw Flubber and went, "This is my kink." (laughs) Perfectly balanced as all things should be. Also, have you seen the film? What if that 
was like the one weird trait about Thanos. He's like, I want to kill half of the universe other than anyone involved with the film Flubber. Flubber's good. But before I murder you and all your friends, you want to talk about Flubber? You just want to talk about Flubber for a few? <laughs> the voice changes entirely. I just really want to talk about Flubber for a few. You guys want to start a podcast? <laughs> you want to start a podcast about Flubber? What the fuck? <laughs> my flubber, my flubber and me. <laughs> what? It's, a, it's just Thanos a last minute flubber. toss across the bow of one last joke. It's Thanos. It's Thanos's podcast about oh. flubber. My flubber, my. <laughs> I wanna fuck Flubber. I want to fuck Flubber. This is the podcast within a podcast where we talk about how much we wanna fuck Flubber.